This episode is brought to you by the Life Score Assessment, a free tool that gives you the clarity to set better goals and build toward the future that you want. Download it for free at lead2.win slash lifescore. Hi, I'm Michael Hyatt. And I'm Megan Hyatt Miller. And this is Lead to Win, our weekly podcast to help you win at work and succeed at life. And today we're talking about focusing on your future self and how that can shape your goal achievement and change the trajectory of your life. I love this topic because I think we're kind of at that part of the year when we're recording this, it's early February, when, you know, those of you who set goals, you might be feeling a little bit of waning on your motivation. You may be feeling or whining, a little, or whining, uh, <laughs> a little disconnection from uh, your why and your motivation and all the things that got you into that. And you're wondering, okay, like what's going to get me going? Am I going to give up or am I going to go forward? And I've been thinking about this lately. One of the best ways that we can propel ourselves toward the things that matter to us in the future, goals and so forth, is to develop a compelling vision for who we're going to be when we accomplish this goal. You know, what does it mean when we've accomplished this? Who am I? And use that as a shepherd's crook, if you will, to pull us into the future where instead of kind of being yanked back to our past and wanting to stay in alignment with who we've been in the past, we really feel motivated by the gap between where we are today and where we are in the future to go toward that future self and start acting and behaving like the person we want to become. So I think this is very relevant to where we are in the year, and I think this is going to be a fun topic. Well, and this really ties in with something we so often talk about and something I've so often written on, and that is vision. But in this particular case, we're not talking about the vision for your company, first and foremost, but a vision for yourself. Right. In other words, forget who you are at this moment. Think about who you could become. And when I first did this was back in about the year 2002, when I hired Daniel Harkavy as my executive coach. Daniel and I w went on to write a book called Living Forward, A Proven Plan to Stop Drifting and Get the Life You Want. It's a book all about life planning. And so Daniel had me to do a very serious assessment of my own life, you know, just kind of get a sense of reality about where I was, but then to talk about or to dream about who I could become and what my life could look like in 20 years. So we got really specific in terms of, and, and he called them, and we call them in the book, life accounts. In, our, in my book, Your Best Year Ever, I talk about them as life domains, but in the different categories, what's your future self look like in terms of your finances, in terms of your marriage, if you're married, in terms of your personal health, all of that, but getting clear on that. So as you said, Megan, it pulls you into that future. It's so compelling that it has sort of a magnetic or tractor pull on your life that moves you toward that thing, as opposed to just being so caught up in the moment that you don't really ever change. Yeah. I think one of the first times I became conscious of the power of doing this, besides life planning itself, I've told the story a lot before, so I won't belabor it. Uh, but I was speaking for the first time to a large audience, to about 800 people, and I was terrified, you know, and I had to confront this you know, lifelong fear of public speaking. And I was working with a couple of different coaches, actually, one of whom was my sister, Mary. And she had me do a really interesting exercise that I subsequently talked about in another speech that I gave, but where I created a vision for what it would be like 
to step on that stage. This is about six weeks before I had to give it. And what I would feel like in my body, what I would, uh, you know, how I would present, what the impact on the audience would be, how I would feel afterwards, and just really write it out in this very visceral, emotional language. And I wrote it out by hand. And this is kind of embarrassing to admit, but I, every day I read that out loud with passion to a uh, track on the Gladiator soundtrack. I can't remember which one it was now off the top of my head, but it was this like really epic sounding soundtrack. And I did that every single day for six weeks. What was amazing about that that I learned is that I was really practicing becoming my future self so that when I got to the place where I needed to be my future self, in a way, I had kind of done it before. And so that mm. was my my first experience of leveraging this tool, this kind of future self tool. And my gosh, it was so powerful because I had gotten myself kind of in that state and I was able um, to, to practice the ways of being that were going to be necessary for me to succeed. Yeah, this is really interesting. It's kind of taken the concept of rehearsal to the next level. Right. Like pre-rehearsal. <laughs> right. You know, where you're, where you're practicing to be your future self. I love that. Okay, so I did a really similar thing when I did my life plan. And again, this is one of the things that Daniel and I teach in the book, Living Forward. And we're not here to push the book, but it's a great resource. If you've never done a life plan, this is kind of the ultimate taking a stand for your future self. So what I did was I took each of the various domains of my life, each of my priorities, and I wrote a small little vision statement, a vision script, if you will, but it was about a paragraph for each of my major life domains. So let me just read a couple of them. So you have to understand at the time, I was not taking care of myself. I was not exercising. I was eating junk food. I, I hate to admit this, like twice a day. Like usually when I would go into the office on my commute, I would pull into McDonald's, I'd get an egg McMuffin and whatever came with it. And then at lunch, I'd go out to Subway or something else for fast food. So I was, I was not in great shape. You know, I was not in great shape at all. And I was having kind of one health crisis after another, or it felt like, you know, little scares and so forth. But so here's what I wrote, taking a stand for my future self. I said, I'm lean and strong, possessing vibrant health and extraordinary fitness. My heart is strong and healthy. My arteries are supple and clear of obstructions. My autoimmune system is in excellent condition. I am disease, infection, and allergy resistant. I have more than enough energy to accomplish the tasks I undertake. This is because I control my mental focus, work out five days a week, choose healthy foods, take supplements as needed, and get adequate rest. Now, here's what was really cool about stating that. It automatically created a gap. Right. Right? Because here I was, completely out of shape, kind of anemic, not, not taking care of myself. And I realized that if I was going to bridge that... It was going to require a behavior change. But that future was so compelling to me that I was willing to do it. Can I give you one more example? Sure. Okay. So here's an example from my marriage. So my marriage, you know, I've been married for 42 years. Gail and I have always had a pretty good relationship. But at that time, honestly, we had kind of decided, we never really sat down and negotiated this, but I was going to conquer things at work, try to make more money for the family so that we could take care of, you know, the growing needs of our family. Meanwhile, you know, the sort of the, the unspoken pact was that she would stay at home and take care of the kids and we just kind of coexist. So our worlds didn't intersect that much. So when I wrote down my vision, this really moved me. And it hasn't changed much in 20 years, but here's what I said. My love for Gail grows daily. She's my best friend. 
my intimate ally, my partner, and my lover. There is no one I would rather spend time with than her. We share with one another our deepest dreams, our secret fears, and our most profound experiences. We are always learning new things together. Though not perfect, our marriage is a model and encouragement to others. Again, it created a gap. Right. But it also was something so compelling that I was motivated to change my marriage. Right. And every year when I think of goals for the next year, when I review my life plan, it's like, okay, is there still a gap there? And there's always a gap. You know, what can I do this year to try to close that gap? Because I'm trying to build future self, this future self that's out there. So, and it's a moving target, by the way. So 20 years ago, my target was today because I did this almost 20 years ago. That's amazing. Okay. So now I've got a view that's 20 years from now. What's, What's my marriage look like 20 years from now? What does my health look like 20 years from now? Because there's still that future self out there that's counting on me in the present to make the right decisions. And what's at stake is the health of that future self in whatever domain we want to talk about. Yeah. And I I think that's the power of this is that it's not just that you kind of get swept up in this vision of what it would be like to be the future self. It's that you start acting like that. The person that has that kind of marriage, what decisions are they making today with their spouse? That's right. right? What, What decisions about how to handle conflict? What decisions about how to prioritize each other? What decisions about, you know, how to communicate love? What decisions is that person making? Because we all accomplish vision one single choice at a time. I mean, it's it's incredibly incremental. And we think about it like it's these big goals, but really even goals, which are smaller than a vision, are things that we accomplish one incremental choice at a time. And that's one of the things that is so easy to dismiss. You know, like Americans in particular, Westerners, we don't really like incremental progress. We like big, epic progress, you know, and that's just not how life works. But I think when you have the big, epic vision, then you can get leverage on your incremental choices to bring them into the al- alignment with your future self. And, th- and that's what we're really talking about. Yeah. And I mean, I'm going to be honest, I'm kind of convicted as I as I read that one about marriage because Gail asked me just last night, she said there's this book that she wanted to read and she wanted to read it together. And I was like... You know, I don't really enjoy reading books together and I've got my own reading list, but I'm reading this and I'm going, no, what I also, what I said here is we share with one another our deepest dreams, our secret fears, our most profound experiences. We are always learning new things together. Ugh. Ugh. Your future okay. self is reading books with his wife. That's right. Right. Yeah. So my present self better get its button gear <laughs> if my future self is going to, you know, be a reality. Okay, so I got to tell you about a goal that I've set for this year that is like pretty audacious. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. So I have committed myself, and I use that word intentionally, to completing a Tough Mudder, M-U-D-D-E-R, a Tough Mudder race in November. Okay, what is a Tough Mudder? Because I've heard people talk about this, and and it sounds like it happens in mud. That's... All I know. It does happen in mud, and that's only the beginning. So <laughs> it is a 10-mile run, a 10-mile hilly run, supposedly, with 25 obstacles. Think kind of like American Ninja Warrior, except like without the, the red pool, it's like the mud pool, and not quite that dramatic, okay? So kind of like that idea. 
So it's all these obstacles where you're climbing up things, you're crawling under things, you're, you know, jumping over things, whatever. All, all these obstacles, monkey bars, whatever. There's even some part where you have to run through electric wire that's hanging down, which I'm not what? sure if I'm going to do or not. I don't know. That that freaks me out, I'll be honest. That obstacle notwithstanding, I'm committed to at least 24 of the obstacles out of 25 in 10 miles. Okay, so I, I really, this came out of a decision that I made this summer that I was really going to focus on my health and my fitness. And the vision that I had for myself was that I was an athlete. Now, if you have known me <laughs> all my which life. Which I have. Just- which you have. Yes, you have. I have not ever been an athlete. I have done all kinds of things that have been interesting being an athlete is not one of them. We've run a couple of half marathons. Well, that's true. I have run a, a few half marathons. But, not, but as a ma- not as an athlete. Not as an athlete. Like definitely as an amateur. But I was like, you know what? My future self is doing some hardcore stuff. You know, like I really want to feel strong. I want to feel tough. You know, I've got this, this daughter that we adopted who's only a year and a half old. I'm 40. You can do the math as my kids often remind me how old I'm going to be when she's 20. You know, I got I to gotta be like around and ready for the future. And so I just thought I really want to create a new identity for myself that is around being an athlete. And so I thought, okay, if I'm an athlete, what is an athlete doing? Well, you have to have some kind of thing that you're doing, like, right? You have to have an event. So I thought, I don't really have an event. So, and I've already run a few half marathons. I didn't really want to do that again. So I thought I'm going to do a tough mutter. And so I started thinking about what is the Megan on November, whatever, who has completed a tough mutter? What decisions is she making today about exercise? What decisions is she making today about nutrition? What decisions is she making today about how she thinks about those things, about how she thinks about how important her self-care is, how she thinks about, um, you know, taking care of her body? And all of a sudden, that's very different than, than the Megan back in August and how she was thinking about those things. Very, very different. I got to ask you a few more questions about the Tough Mudder because I just, I just want to know what you signed <laughs> okay. up for. Because as the owner of this company, and since you're the CEO, I just want to make sure that you know I don't need to have a backup plan. Right. So, like, is this dangerous? No, it's not dangerous. I don't think this is dangerous. I mean, like, the worst that can happen is probably like you know a broken ankle or something. But even that doesn't seem so. Very no possibility of you know destruction or dismemberment or no, no. Okay, Check. that's that's good to know. <laughs> Okay. So, but, but, but is, does the winner, the person who does it the fastest or is, do you declare a win if you just finish? So there are different kinds of races. The Spartan races, if you look those up, those are typically, I guess, timed. And so they're more competitive. The Tough Mudder is all about teamwork and completing it. So uh, participants help each other get over difficult obstacles, things like that. So it's really just about completing it. I don't think it's timed at all, actually. So, but how long does it typically take? I'm just trying to visualize this future uh, you. I don't know, three hours? ish i'm guessing wow. i'm assuming it's it's like a really slow half marathon cuz you have you know all the obstacles but you're exerting yourself the whole time yeah okay so what does that mean for training if yeah. that's your future self right you know this tough mutter which i like the sound of that i know right it's like not just a race it's a name it's an identity are you going to get a, <laughs> like a tattoo that says that uh i was going to say a t-shirt i'm not into tattoos okay so if you're going to do this, what what decisions is are you making today just yeah. to illustrate how you're moving toward this exactly. future self? Yeah. So like this morning, um, and this has been a habit since August, is that I get up every day at five. I do my morning ritual. And the last part of my morning ritual before just getting ready for the day, you know, showering, getting dressed and all that, is that I work out. And I work out at 6.15 every day. And so I know at six o'clock, I got to put my 
full focus planner and my devotions and et cetera down. And I'm going to go get dressed to work out. I have a gym upstairs in my house, kind of like small scale, you know, home gym. Um, or I might be going out on a run slash walk. And that's not really a decision. I mean, every day, that's just the time of day I do it. I, it's not, I don't have to think about it. It's not difficult. It's just now's the time that we do this thing, you know, like brushing my teeth. So that's part of it. So this morning I lifted weights. I did strength training with my husband, Joel. And that's one little step toward being ready for this race. Does this progressively get more difficult? Yeah. So for example, this quarter, I'm really focused on strength. Next quarter, I'm working with a a personal trainer virtually. Next quarter, I'm going to be focused on cardio. And then the next quarter after that, which will be the one leading into the the race, will be uh, functional movements. I'll be doing a lot of pull-ups, burpees, scares me to even say that. You know, all those kind of things, monkey bars, whatever, all the stuff you have to do to be able to climb over stuff. Do you ever look at your workout schedule for the week and kind of go, oh, you kind of dread it because it is kind of hard? You're going to another level? Um, I No, not when I'm looking at the schedule. Okay, I got to tell you, right now, I'm doing this terrible exercise that is, you know what a plank is, you know, right? Where you're yes. like down on, you're up on your toes and your elbows and your body's like flat, parallel to the floor. Well, Lisa, my trainer has me doing this thing where I'm twisting while I'm doing a plank. So like I'm putting one hip down and twisting, you know, like if you imagine like the middle of my body rotating while my arms stay still, can you envision what I'm talking about? Yeah, I can. I mean, I just want to cry every time I do it. It is, it's so stinking hard. For how long? uh, I think I'm doing like 12, I'm supposed to be doing 12 pairs like side to side and I can do 10 right now. I'm pretty sure my future self is going to be need to do like a hundred. Wow. You know, so there's like, there's a long way to go between here and there. The other thing I'm doing is every day I plan my food for the day. So I make a 24 hour plan for my food. I've been doing this every day since August. It's not, there's not really anything that's like off limits, but I just make a plan. And what I know is that my athlete future self is going to be intentional about including nourishing foods in my plan. It's not the only thing that's in there, but but she's pretty focused on fueling her body because she's got to do this race, right? So what's the advantage of doing that 24 hours in advance? Well, I'm making uh, decisions from a place of my future self and, and what's important in the future rather than what's important in the moment. Okay. This is an important concept. Yeah. And this really ties in with this whole thing, a life plan, vision for different domains, right. is that when you do that, you're putting a pause in essence yes, between the stimulus and the response. Right. So you're not just, you know, opening up the, the pantry and saying, Oh, I'm hungry. What sounds good. What sounds good. Yeah. Because you know, that's, that's the part of this listen to your body thing that I think where it kind of goes off the tracks. Right. Because if I did that, you know, the listening to my body is not going to be healthy food. Right. Right. Well, and what I tell myself is, you know, if there's something on something that does look good, it's great. Just put on your plan for tomorrow. That's right. It's not, it's not, you can't have it. You just need to plan for it. So just do it tomorrow. And that, again, that creates that pause where I can decide, does this align with my future self? And, and believe me, my future self is enjoying food. So there's no like, totally. you know, there's no scenario in which there's not good stuff on there. It's just that I can make that choice intentionally. It's actually exactly the same thing you're doing when you're filling out your full focus planner and you're determining in advance, doing your weekly preview and deciding, you know, what three objectives do you need to accomplish this week? You're making that decision instead of letting the week tell you what's important. Yeah. You're defining the win in advance. Right. So you know exactly what it takes to win. Right. Right. And and that's what I was trying to share with those statements about my marriage or my yeah. health. That's what winning looks like. Mm-hmm. Right. So now what are the goals 
that I can pursue that will lead me incrementally. And I like the, the fact that you used that word. Doesn't all have to happen, you know, in my case, doesn't have to happen this year, but I do want to be moving toward it this year. And if that is compelling enough, if those statements are compelling enough, and if I'm, a, if I'm reviewing them with some regularity, then again, it pulls me toward them. Because I think this is the big challenge of motivation. Yeah. You know, people try to, you know, they get all ginned up with a New Year's resolution and then they try to sustain the motivation. And, you know, I, like you, I've, I've built a gym in my house, but back when I used to go to the gym, I used to dread January. Right. Because <laughs> you couldn't find a parking spot because everybody had just made New Year's resolutions and the gym was full. But I also learned over time that if I would just hang in there after about a couple of weeks, about half of those people would fade away and then there'd be plenty of parking left. Right. Yeah. And so it's, kind of it, it's it's what happens when you don't have a compelling vision of the future self. You haven't taken the time to stop and really define that when. And you're just kind of motivated in the moment because you want to get, you know, you want to feel better, whatever it is, but it's not sustainable. It isn't. And I feel like we oftentimes have some kind of vision for the future. And we have a goal, you know, we know where we are today and we know what we want to accomplish, but we don't ask ourselves that question. Okay, what is that person in the future? What is he or she doing today? What choices are we making? Because like, again, like I said earlier, this happens one choice at a time. So here's a sobering idea. Your current health, the condition of your marriage, where you're at in your career, all of that is in large part, not exclusively, I know there's some outline exceptions, but for the most part, it's a series of decisions that you've made over the last 20 years, over the last 10 years, over the last five years that have gotten you to this place. You know, you just didn't suddenly wake up out of shape. You didn't suddenly wake up in a bad marriage. You didn't suddenly wake up with your career stalled. No, that was a result of little decisions that you made all along the way. Now, I'm not saying that to shame anybody. But what I am saying is that you get out of that situation one small decision at a time. Because your future self is like a bundle of decisions that you're going to make between now and then, right? All the decisions you make about what you eat, whether or not you move, how you treat your spouse, all of that is going to create this future state. Well, here's what's interesting. I actually heard somebody say the other day that all those things are, even to go further upstream, all those things are the direct result of the stories we tell ourselves. Ooh. So our choices, you know, if you go back to our episode on mindset, which we can link to in the show notes, this is one we did somewhat recently in the last, last few months, we talked about how circumstances show up, you know, something happens in your life, and then you have thoughts about it. And then you make choices based on those thoughts. And then, of course, you have you get results, certain results. And so, like, if we have these narratives, like, if we don't have a narrative about our future self that's better than the narrative that we currently have running kind of in the background of our mind, then we got a crummy story that is dictating our thinking and our beliefs about the world and ourself. And then that's where our choices are coming from. That's what's informing our choices. Right. I thought that was a really sobering idea. Well, because you, you could have a story, for example, you could say, uh, I could say, you know, I'm not a very good husband. Right. You know, I don't have a very good marriage. Or I could create this more compelling narrative, and that's really what a vision script is. That's one of the reasons we call it a script, because it's a narrative about what that future state is. Well, it's kind of like I was talking about the Tough Mudder. You know, I have thought all my life, well, I'm not an athlete. 
Well, of course, it's no surprise that I've never been an athlete. Not that there's some value on like being an athlete. You can be it or not be it. I just decided I think I'd like to be one, right? And so I'm never going to become an athlete if my story is I'm not an athlete. I'm never going to make the kind of choices that would lead me to become an athlete, right? Because that's my belief and I need to keep my actions in congruence with my belief system about myself. So I'm going to have to get a better story, which is I'm an athlete. I'm becoming an athlete. So hi, everybody. I'm going to quickly jump in here because I like to oversimplify everything. And maybe I've told the story to one of you two before, but I once was buying a pair of glasses and I I love eyewear. I love shopping for glasses. It's really simple compared to buying like jeans. Like you don't have to go in a changing room. You can just like pop them on Mm -hmm. and, and whatever. And so I was looking at this pair of glasses and I thought to myself, man, I wish I could be the person who wore these crazy glasses. I want to be that person. And I really had this moment like in real time where I went, oh, well, the the way that I become that person is I buy these glasses and I wear them out the door and I'm that person. That's all it <laughs> took. Like the story was that I wasn't that person. Yeah. That's good. And suddenly once I decide that I am capable, once I see it's just a matter of the doing of it, I'm suddenly that person. I think me and all of my shame-filled thoughts – the issue of the story and the person who you are or who you think you've been is the limiting factor to all it's of so it. Like true. you. When you said you were doing a Tough mutter, I panicked. <laughs> and it's not even my story. I was like, I hope no one asked me to do that. <laughs> I hope, I don't, Come on. I don't know where this is going. Come do it with no, me. But, but, it's, it's, but it's, oh my gosh, no. <laughs> Joel and I would love to have you, Nick. Joel's doing but it too? So... Joel's totally doing it. See, Michael? But there's the idea, I think that there, you guys have talked about this so well in other episodes, that, and you were just right there, this idea of the limiting belief as to who I am and what I'm capable of. If It can be much, it's often and almost always much shorter than you think it is, yep. like closer. Yeah. And I think that one of the things I don't want people to miss is that change begins when we begin to shift, not our behavior, but our identity. Yeah, absolutely. Because our behavior flows out of our identity. and I remember back when I first started running after I created this life plan, I started thinking to myself, I'm a runner. And when you think of yourself as a runner, you naturally think, well, first of all, what do runners do? Oh, yeah, they run. <laughs> so now I get now I need to get outside and run because that's what runners do. And if I'm a runner, then that's what I've got to do. I remember thinking this when I started this company, Michael Hyden Company. I knew that writing and speaking were going to be a big part of it. And I I started saying to myself, I'm a writer. What do writers do? Oh, yeah, they write. So up until that point, you know, it it may have been hard. I may have been challenged with with finding time to write or to write, period. But once you start identifying as a writer, then you have to, in order to be congruent with your own belief about yourself, the behavior has to conform to the belief. So that's why I think it's it's so much more valuable rather than to try to, you know, white knuckle it and try to change your behavior. No, how about start at the level of the story and the level of your identity and ask yourself, who do I want to be in the future and how can I take on that identity, begin to take on that identity now? And I think like repeat, literally repeat that to yourself. Yes. I mean, I say often, kind of to Joel because it's a little, feels a little silly to say otherwise, but you know, like I'm an athlete. I'm I'm becoming an athlete, you know, and I I have this vision that I'm reading about that every day and I'm thinking about it. And and that's a big part of 
getting tricking my brain into doing things in a way that's easier than brute force, right? Because your brain really wants to bring your actions into congruence. I mean, that's that's kind of like a neurological thing that your brain wants to bring your actions into congruence with your beliefs. And it feels the dissonance between those two things creates a lot of stress, you know, so you can use that, that to your does. advantage. This is kind of the value of affirmations as sometimes as hokey as they feel. But if I say to myself, for example, you know, I have a great marriage. Now, that may be, depending on where you're at as you're listening to this, a real push, a real statement of faith. But if you can say that to yourself, then you'll begin to conform and comport your behavior to that. Because if you have a great marriage, what does that look like? You know, I don't want to live a lie. You know, I want to be congruent with my belief. So if I, if I say I have a great marriage, what does that look like? If I say I value Gail the most of any person in my life, what does that look like? You know, again, it's, it goes back to this story and this vision of, of our future self. I love this concept. I'm getting excited about it. I know, me too. All right, so we've talked about the value of taking a stand for your future self. One of the most practical ways you can do that is literally go through the process of creating a life plan. Um, I think you'll find this terribly exciting if you've never done it before, because you suddenly realize how much agency you have over the future. And if you can imagine it, there's the possibility that you can create it. So give yourself permission to dream. Give yourself permission to dream in all the different aspects of your life. What would your future self look like 20 years from now? You know, if there were no constraints, if you could become anything you wanted to be, what would that be? Put pen to paper. And if you need to process, let me encourage you to get a copy of Living Forward, which is the book that Daniel Harkavy and I wrote about life planning. There's a step-by-step -step approach there, and it will get you to the finish line. And I think you'll really enjoy the process along the way. So, Megan, thanks for joining me in this conversation. By the way, I can't wait to see the Tough Mudder version of you, complete with all the mud head to toe. Thank you guys for listening. Until next time, lead to win. This episode is brought to you by the Life Score Assessment, a free tool that gives you the clarity to set better goals and build toward the future that you want. Download it for free at lead2.win slash lifescore.